Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon. I am Michelle Lichty, and I am here today with David Henderson. Hi, all. And we are here to discuss David's sermon from this past Sunday from John chapter six, Jesus, the bread of life. And as I was preparing to go live, I said to David, I think this is one of my favorite metaphors, one of my favorite statements, the I am statements that Jesus made in John chapter six. And he said, I want you to tell us why. <laughs> so do so tell do. us why. How well, does it speak to you? You know, I I think in so many ways, um, eating, uh, physically eating is so important to us for our energy and for um, sustaining life. And so when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, it just helps me to understand how much I need him mm. in a very deep way that I may not even understand kind of like kind of like food like sometimes I just I don't know what's wrong with me until I eat something or I drink something and then I'm like oh that's what I needed and so many times I feel the same way like something's off something's wrong and then I spend some time with Jesus and I'm like oh yeah that's what I needed yeah yeah, it's I, as a metaphor, it conveys a, the urgency and the necessity, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And the and the regularity of it, like, yes, right? Yeah. Like you don't just eat once and say, "Well, that's done. I'm never doing that again." Yeah, not till next week. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah, that's that is really true, and I think. Um, that's part of the richness of the metaphorical language that Jesus mm-hmm. so often moved towards. Um, I, I love that Jesus didn't come as a Greek philosopher and, uh, yeah. and, and, and talk to us about illumination. You know, he, he comes and he says, I'm the thing you need to eat and eat and eat and eat. And when you do, only I can give you a life you're longing for and only I can satisfy that. Mm-hmm. it's it's there's it's so rich with meaning that, because our imaginations get involved and our experience get involved in those images mm-hmm. and i think it um you know in our community group we were talking about this of course on sunday morning talking about the sermon and i just said you know metaphors i think help the truth of scripture move from my mind into my heart yes And I think it's, I mean, especially, you know, we are both Enneagram fives. And so our tendency is to live in our minds and just be thinking about this, thinking about how do I live a life with Jesus? Think about how do I do this and think about the ideas of philosophy or ideas of theology and metaphors just really say it's life. Like it, it needs to move into your heart and into who you are. Yep. Yeah. The idea 
goes from mind to heart by way of the imagination, which I think just, it's, it's like one of those little, I remember as a kid, my mom had one of those crystal lamps that had little prisms hanging down from it. Yeah, and I would yeah. just spend hours looking at the, the refraction of the light into a rainbow on the wall. And the metaphor has that function of being like a prism through which the truth is uh, shined and in a way that, um, that I think it's like, oh, that's so cool. And this is part of what that means. And I love how this, yeah. And then, and then it comes with grip when it gets to our heart. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And I think. Um, so Michelle, before you go on, yeah. um, I, I don't want to carry on your train of thought, but I just want us to circle back to the Sunday morning community. I don't know. We've taken time recently to just highlight what that group is about mm, and what its purpose yeah. is and when they meet, meet and how to be part of it. I know that's been a yeah. really rich part of your own experience. It really has been. Um, we meet in person and online actually at, during the second service on Sunday mornings. So most of us attend the first service or we um, participate online. And then, so we've heard the message and then at 1030, we gather downstairs in gathering place one, I believe it is. <laughs> and, and then we have a rich discussion and we have a pretty, um, a pretty solid group who meets on, who joins us on Zoom and we've got it set up. So it's not too horrible to be on Zoom and in person and they're able to participate and we're able to participate with them. And then we break up into small groups and talk. And um, so I really, it really has been helpful to be able to hear the message and then process it in community almost immediately after. That is um, so cool. I love yeah. that. I mean, for, in my perspective, as I preach, I always think of every sermon as the beginning of a conversation, mm -hmm. not as, as the end of it. And so I love that that conversation can just pick right up where I leave off mm -hmm. and, and to begin to wrestle with it. Yeah. But what about, or the, how does this relate to this particular situation or how do you fit this together with this? And I love that grappling. And I know it's a really fun mm -hmm. group of people to get together and that you've really enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. And it's not the same group every week. I mean, we have some regulars, but sometimes people come in and, and come out and mm -hmm. uh, come as they can. And so it's not like you have to be there every Sunday or else you're not a part of the group. You can just come if you want. So if you want more information about that, just um, contact the church office and we can get you connected. So we'd love to have you. Um, and then back to the sermon <laughs> in our own little discussion here. Um, you've, you did mention like you, you pulled out just a tiny bit. Like it's a very significant statement. Jesus's statement that I am the bread of life out of this entire chapter. So there's a lot of ground that we didn't cover. Yeah. And, um, and Jesus' statement is so rich. You went through, I am the bread of life, like yep. three different points. So um, would you just go over those real quick with us? Yeah. Yeah. So basically the, the I am, what, what those two words get at and get at in a really stark and provocative way is Jesus differentiating himself from every other human being who's ever existed. Mm -hmm. And, and what he's doing is, is making a divine claim. Um, he's in addition to all these other things he said 
are true about himself, including in this chapter, these remarkable things. The Father has sent me. I've come down from heaven. Um, I am the thing that you need that will allow you to live. Eternal life is sourced in me. Uh, uh, no one has seen the Father, but I have. And I'll tell you about him. And I'm all these absolutely remarkable statements. And then boiling down to this threefold repetition of the I am, which is okay. a statement in which Jesus is really saying he, he's using the name that God uses for himself in the Old Testament. And a three-time repetition is always emphasis. So, you know, it's, hey, um, you want to know who God is? You're looking at him, is really mm -hmm. what Jesus is saying. So start out, starting off just this absolutely stark way that Jesus mm -hmm. delineates himself from the rest of humanity. And, and as I said, you really just have two choices. And this is echoing language that uh, Urs Hans Balthazar has used and that J.R.R. Tolkien has used and that C.S. Lewis has used. You, you, you really only have two choices. You can fall on your knees or you can pick up stones. There's not the third option of, oh, isn't he a decent sort of guy? And I'll just mm -hmm. kind of ignore these places where he says he's equal to God. Um, <clears throat> The second, the bread, and we open up the whole metaphor. Uh, mm -hmm. um, why does Jesus speak in a metaphor? And then what is the significance of that metaphor in particular? And the upstream mm. context of the, of the people having, he just fed them miraculously in the wilderness the day before, but then 1500 years before is the experience of the people of God being fed for the manna. And Jesus uses mm -hmm. those two um experiences of the people of God being fed to say, and I am the true bread. Um, I am everything those things point to, but I am more than both of them together. And then he talks about, I'm the bread of life. And we talked, uh, kind of unfolded what the eternal life is that Jesus offers to us that mm -hmm. is so much more than just length of days. Uh, and I think yeah. that's something we really miss. Um, the mm -hmm. eternal life that Jesus says starts now when you believe in me is primarily about um, us being brought from death to life spiritually. It's about us being brought into relationship with God. And it's about us being, uh, being brought into the, the, the life, the glorious, full, rich, beautiful, satisfying life that God made us for as human beings, but mm -hmm. that we can only experience in Christ. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the quick summary of the, the much that's in those few words. <laughs> That yes, and that is a much that's in few words. And I was like following through my notes and I was like, oh, yep, yep, I've got that written down and that <laughs> written down and that written down. Yes. And I think um, I just want to go back just for a minute to talk a little bit about. Um, let's see if I can figure out my notes here, but it's under the bread part um, where you. Uh, my father gave manna. I think this is in verse 25 or following and following. Um, you know, my father gave, gave you manna in the desert and I am the bread of life and coming out of that, you talked about how Jesus is making the distinction between those who want what Jesus will give them uh, yeah. versus those who follow because Jesus is what they hunger for yes and i just i found a, that distinction so important yeah and that's something you know the thing that jesus is doing constantly and it's very confusing i think when you first encounter it when you read the gospels the thing he's doing constantly is is saying um is that what what's the the line that 
Wikipedia uses disambiguation. He's he's separating himself out. I'm I'm not this that may be mm. your expectation, but it isn't a biblical expectation. And I'm not going to give you this. Yes, that was your first experience of me, but there's more than I have. It, it's all these not this but this mm. moments. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, I am the Messiah, but don't tell anybody because everybody's mind is thinking, oh, mighty military w- warrior who's going to come mm. and overthrow the occupying Roman army. No, I'm not that. Mm-hmm. So you keep, you see him constantly saying, I'm not this, but this. And mm-hmm. this is a great example of that, where I think, um, you know, Jesus says miracle worker. He's saying that that's not me. The only miracles I've ever done are signs of the deeper spirituality about, of, of who I am and what I'm introducing into the world. They're all things that say the kingdom of God is at hand. None of them mean if you come to Jesus, you're going to, you're going to experience health and wealth and, and mm. all your problems are going to go away and everybody's going to be healed and, and you're never going to go hungry and, and all that. And Jesus is saying wrong expectation. If that, I'm not Jesus, the miracle worker, I, as I said, Jesus, the food truck, you know, I'm not, right. you just, you just bring your needs to me and I'll meet them. Jesus never promises that he's going to do that on a physical, this life level. Hmm. He's, he's saying, I have, I am the bread, not the thing I give you is mm-hmm. the thing that you're hungering for, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever that is, freedom or, or forgiveness or, or peace or whatever. That's not, mm-hmm. or specifically a miraculous thing. Jesus is saying, no, ultimately, yeah, he, he's saying, I don't give you the bread. I am the bread. God, it, I am the bread that God gives to you. So feast on me. Mm-hmm. And, right. and I do think, and, we, and I talked about, it, it's fascinating when you think about the word consume, when you talk about being a consumer, mm-hmm. I think um, there are a whole lot of, as we've talked about before, there's just a whole lot of people who approach the Christian faith in a consumeristic way mm-hmm. where it really is about, it starts with what my need is as a, as a consumer. And then I go shop around to, to find the thing that I believe best meets my needs. Mm-hmm rather than accepting Jesus on his terms. And that's what Mm -hmm. he asks us to do. You know, it's Mm -hmm. part of what he's saying is, is this, is this Jesus on your terms or is this Jesus on Jesus's terms? And and I think that's some of that disambiguation that he's doing. Yeah. And it's so challenging, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, cause even, even now there are times when I've, I've sat in my morning devotions and thought, but not that part, Jesus. I, not, no, I'm, I'm good there. I'm really good there. And he's like, yeah, no, you take me on my terms, not your terms. Yeah. And that is yeah. so challenging. Yeah, it really is. And, um, and you know what? Once again, we're, we bump up against a place where I think in the main, there, there's so many ways the evangelical church has just done, which, with which we identify. I'm an evangelical mm-hmm. But there, there are so many ways that the evangelical church has, um, has gotten it right, but a few places where I think there's been a miss. And I think one of the miss was in their eagerness to make clear the gospel is about a work that Jesus has done that we don't contribute to. And you just need to trust him and believe in him. And then it's all taken care of from there. I think what that has failed to get at is that that can lead to, I come to Jesus to get eternal life or to get forgiveness, mm-hmm. instead of, uh, which is me coming to Jesus on my terms. Instead of I come to Jesus, who is the king, and I bow and I relinquish up all of that I am and and 
the entirety of my life and future and resources and make them all available to him. And, mm-hmm. and I am saying in that, Lord, um, I'm your slave. May it be to me, as you have said, um, life on your terms. Mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't been part of the gospel message. And, and that's why I love that covenant starts with Jesus as king. It doesn't start mm-hmm. with, I have a need. Um, it starts with, he is king. And the rest of it pours out from there. So mm-hmm. if I am, if I am a father of Christ, then I'm his, I belong to him. And that has all sorts of implications. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, I think when we, when we recognize that we have a hunger, and that's amazing. That's the amazing thing about Jesus being King, right? Is that he looks at us and says, I know you want me on your terms, but you're going to have me on my terms and I'm going to meet you where you are Yes. and yes. bring you in to where you're willing to have me on my terms. Yes. And yes, yes. Yeah, I love that line at the beginning of Hosea where God talks about taking the people out into the desert, stripping them of everything else in order that he might woo them to himself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's some of the way of God. It's a kindness when he mm-hmm. strips everything else away because it is for him that we were made. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, and, and when things are stripped away from us, we realize our hunger, right? And what, yes. and what we have been using to fill that hunger, that is not Jesus, that yep. are potentially our, our idols, right? I think identifying what am I hungry for? You know, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, one of the things that I've learned to do physically for my own health is when I feel hungry, am I really hungry or am I thirsty? And I Mm. think I'm hungry. Right. And so it's the same way spiritually. Am I hungry or, you know, for connection? So I'm going to go on Facebook or am I hungry for connect for a connection? So I'm going to go to my Bible and I'm going mm-hmm. to go to solitude and prayer. And yeah. making that distinction can be very difficult because Facebook isn't evil. I mean, you know, well, maybe <laughs> we're That's on it. Facebook right now, right? So, right. <laughs> but I mean, as a tool, right? Facebook is a good tool for connecting with people who are far away. It's a great tool for what we're doing right now, which is this mm-hmm. discussion about, about God, about Jesus, about Jesus being the bread of life. But when it becomes our idol, that's when it's the problem. Yeah, that's right. And so we're, we've kind of moved towards the, the, that fourth word in the message. We talked about, I am the bread mm-hmm. of life. And then we talked about the word hunger. Mm-hmm. And I love right. Rollheiser's comment that spirituality is what we do with our hunger. Mm-hmm. And the Missy, I don't remember what her last name is, um, to comment, uh, Missy Easton or something like that, the singer, uh, she says in a song, hunger um, is an escort to the deeper things of God. And mm. so I think that's uh, for us to become more tuned into what our hunger is and what we're really hungering for. Uh, I think at times we, well, we're always hungry for God, but often we don't even know it. We've just mm-hmm. deadened our awareness of that sensation. And, and then there are other times we, we know that we're hungry and that's all we can think about is how hungry we are. 
and we run to the cheap, easy junk food uh, yeah. that is short of God instead of that taking that little bit more disciplined step of reaching step of reaching all the way to God. Mm-hmm. And so I, in the message, I talked about uh, this bliss point that lab scientists yes. in food sciences um, work. I mean, they, people are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to come up with junk food that will just blow up in our mouth with flavor mm-hmm. and make everything else feel less satisfying. And they call that the bliss point, this combination of fat, salt, and sugar. They're just kind of, mm-hmm. um, and we, we have a world that is deeply invested in providing junk food with, with bliss points that keep us addicted to that junk food that fuel the idolatry and everything from the very obvious ones like pornography or alcohol, all the way to just busyness or uh, mm-hmm. the addiction of wanting to know what's going on in other people's lives and fear of missing out or, or yeah. the addiction of knowing what's going on in the stock market or, or, or hearing the latest blistering attack from someone in my camp against somebody uh, in that other camp or right. whatever. There's so many things that yeah. just fuel that um, yeah. uh, false and hungers. Here, and here's the encouraging thing for me is that just like we can train our taste buds, we can train our spiritual taste buds. Exactly. You know, like I just remember there was one point in my life when I was eating like extremely healthy. It was just a very short moment. Like I wasn't eating any, anything other than like real whole foods. And, um, and so I had like, I don't know, several weeks of, of just that. And I was someplace and a friend of mine said, oh, um, and I realized I forgot my lunch. And my friend said, oh, you know what? I'm running out. Let me get you something. And she was going to one of my favorite fast food restaurants. And I was like, oh, that just sounds so good. And so she, so she got what I ordered and I sat there eating it. And I was like, it's not good. It just wow. doesn't taste good. It's yeah. just so full of salt and like the bread has no flavor. And, and I thought, wow, <laughs> I have trained my taste buds. Now I wish I could say that's it's still true, but it's not. But, um, but I think the same thing happens. Like when we train our spiritual taste buds to run to Jesus, then all of a sudden Somebody, somebody mentioned the um, hymn, the, lo- the line from the hymn, the things of earth grow strangely dim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really true. And then interestingly, all of that, this is just so obvious in the spiritual life, but what if I actually started eating before I felt hungry spiritually? Mm-hmm. What, what if I started the day with a healthy breakfast by sitting down in some time with the Lord and my Life may be crazy. I may not have a lot of time to do that, but I can pause and present myself before God, open the word, let God's word be in me, offer myself back to God, ask him to give me eyes to see him throughout the day and trust my loved ones into his care and my church family, pray for them. And, and then off I go and I've already, I've already eaten. So the, I've already begun to curb the hungers. I've already begun to feed them. So I'm not going to have those kind of spike random hungers that come up in the middle of the day when I'm having an argument with someone going, where's this intense mm. feeling coming from? Or where I'm, I'm spiraling in a circle because I'm, I don't, I'm not clear about what God would have for me or what, I mean, all these other things that can happen through the day. And mm-hmm. then if we eat well by pausing 
in our conversations with people throughout the day just to stop and pray with that person or before or after our interaction with someone or before or after next task, then I'm eating intentionally all through the day. I'm not waiting till I'm hungry. And then at the end of the day, same thing. If my right. midnight snack is a prayer of examine and I go back and say, Lord, give me eyes to see how did I experience you today? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that um, then more and more, I mean, hunger becomes much less dramatic in the Christian life, but right. hunger isn't supposed to be dramatic. Uh, <laughs> hunger is only dramatic in a person's life when they're in crisis. And yeah. And God doesn't mean for us to go through life uh, having hunger crises spiritually. He just mm. means us to eat, eat in a disciplined and faithful way and for him to be enough. Hmm. Oh, I like that. I think that's where we're going to end. Great. Let's do. <laughs> and then I'm going to go grab some lunch. Speaking of, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, David. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, I always enjoy the time with you. Me too. And thank you, our audience, for joining us. We are glad you were here today, whether you joined us live on Facebook or on our blog later or on our podcast. We are glad you took the time to spend some time with us today and to learn about Jesus, the bread of life. Have a great rest of your day.